The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. Congratulations. It's officially summer, and I am hot as balls. Uh, in the sweaty way and not the fun way. Um, <laughs> welcome to uh, our guest, our summer cast. This week, we're going to be taking a look. At, you're still inside, probably. I don't know. How many people are going back to movie theaters? Just at, like out of hands of the crowd here. This was a big weekend for me. I went to this. It's like the first of two I've really been back to. Just like, you know, I'm going to go see a movie. This will be fine. And I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I haven't been back to theaters yet. I watched this on Disney Plus, but I... Same. I wouldn't mind going to a movie theater. It's just Disney Plus was easier and I could be in my PJs. Yeah, I did an unmasked graduation this weekend. So this was this was definitely like a big weekend for me to be like, whoa, things are happening and back. So it's, it's it is like kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Cruella. Sorry, I need to say it like she does. I'm Cruella. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, starring. Uh, so, um, sorry. Uh, sorry, starring Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Emily Beckin. Sorry, Emily Beecham, Joel Fry, uh, Kirby Howe, Baptiste, and Mark Strong. Gotta love Mark Strong. <laughs> you know, I love. I love Mark Strong being a bad guy turning good. That's that is like the the role I mean, he was born for. I'm, I'm wondering why is Mark Strong in this movie? About the time they dangle that plot thread, I'm like, oh, it's. He's going to be her dad or something. It's like, yep. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of- I, I, I have no doubt that he was her dad and they like edited that. that, oh, that yeah. That's clearly what that role yeah. was. And yeah. then it became a butler. Like clearly that was like a draft script where they're like his dad just like sort of let her die. Like this is bad. He can't not know about this stuff. Like clearly from my perspective, Mark Strong being a butler is totally just like an editing right that like they couldn't figure oh, out this plot point. So right. And then they're I, and no, it is. It is what it is. I don't dislike it and I think he actually like Mark Strong is perfect butler material like oh, I was yeah. about to, like, he's, like he's the world's sexiest butler I mean like, just saying but anyways yeah let me just go ahead and read the synopsis before we get started uh, this is release date May 28th to 2021 directed by Craig Gillespie uh, on a hundred million dollar budget uh, produced by Andrew Gunn Mark Platt Kristen Burr and actually there's an associate crest, uh, Glenn Close gets an associate producer credit which I'm really excited about really? Uh, yeah she did yeah she did so she was like I, I don't know how involved she was but they definitely like brought her on to talk her about which i thought was really that's cool really cool we have to realize she has to be involved with disney because she was in 101 dalmatians the right. live action one so i'm just she, i think the curious, i think the 101 yeah. dalmatians live action one was like one of the first live action things it wasn't associated with the new push so yeah, it was yeah. Like way, it's that, much that came older out when i was in like elementary or middle school I remember that. Yeah, we we were like nine when that came out, mm-hmm. and and I have to admit, I watched. I Peter made me go rewatch the scene where she's like coming in, and she's like, "Is the fur coarse or fine?" And she's like, "Well, it was fine when they were puppies," and and then she goes, <laughs> like she just has like this like I don't know audible gasp intake where I'm just like, "God, Glenn Close is great," and I just keep forgetting that. Uh, yeah, let me just read the synopsis for this film starring Emma Stone. Uh, Estelle is a young and clever grifter who's determined to make a name for herself in the fashion world. She soon meets a pair of thieves who appreciate her appetite for mischief, and together they build a life for themselves on the streets of London. However, when Estella 
befriends fashion legend Baroness Von Hellman of the Hellman's <laughs> I don't know. She embraces her wicked side to become the, the raucous and revenge bent Cruella. Sorry, I don't, I can't say Cruella unlike she does now. I, I, Cruella, 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 Cruella. No one's going to stop me. Nope. Y- y'all got to speak up for yourselves here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and toss it over to Trevor real quick here. What did you think of Quella? Yeah. Um, I, it's about what I expected. Um, you know, this is a movie I, you know, my wife didn't have time to go see it with me. I kind of wanted to be part of the conversation, have an excuse to talk to you guys about it. And it kind of like, you know, uh, my first big movie back was quiet place too and that's like a very tense like very involved thing in a theater and this was like by far the um kind of worst experience of going back to theaters of the two but it it it, with my expectations expectations and what the movie actually was kind of in a good way um you know uh somebody (laughs) i mean i had like the person talking behind me in my ear and also someone like started choking during this film and, it, and said, did the thing where they're like, I can't breathe. And like, you wonder if you should take it seriously, because if they can say they can't breathe, can they not breathe kind of thing? And it's in a collective space. So you're like, that's okay, we, responsibility we've, as it. we've established that uh, that. Sorry, this is. No, 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 no. Like I haven't talked to aside. Megan about it yet, so I don't actually yeah. know like the medical yeah. theory here. So. You you can choke to death if even if you can say you can't breathe. Well, that's a saying I should have Googled before I got on this podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's like a. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, but it's actually been part of like people talking about mm-hmm. like the like especially with policing and stuff Ooh, with like the fact yeah. that people have been talking about like people have died while they were saying you can't breathe. It's yeah. actually not a great shorthand, and there's been a lot of new research. And they're like, like George Floyd. Yeah, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's exactly the thing that just happened where people are like, yeah, "Yeah, you could definitely suffocate and still speak. That's a thing. So sorry, Trevor. I did not mean to take I did not mean to ambush you with darkness. No, no, like (laughs) drawing that connection didn't even occur to me because it was just like because it's different. Like, but yeah, it feels different. Yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up because I've been meaning to look into it all afternoon. Uh, um, Yeah. So. That happened, and it was one of those things where, like, are we, is this happening? Do we need to, and then, like, everybody in the theater got on their feet and was, like, you know, looking to see if she was okay and everything, and uh, it turned out fine. Someone, you know, did the Heimlich, uh, the person they were with, I think, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it becomes part of that thing where, like, you talk about going to see in college, I don't remember what it was, m- movie, Jack, that you're always like, yeah, this guy had a heart attack, and we just decided to go watch that because it was like immediate and concerned we didn't more watch like, it we sorry, did help like, him all right i, I, like, I didn't sound real I didn't bad just, yeah like I, I i we physically were the first people he had a heart attack in the bathroom and me and ben like helped him and called the police like that's that or the ambulance so like that we were like involved in that we didn't you were just not like like the bystander i did i did make the joke that like it was way more fun than the movie which is terrible at the time i was a bad college kid but like yes you were right because it was haywire and it was like the worst movie i've literally seen at that time that andrew ever made me go see um well i thought of that that story because i I didn't i didn't remember that you guys were actually the ones that helped and called i forgot that part i'm sorry Uh, there was like there was a doctor like right there like who was in the movie theater so like we we were just like hands on deck so like we didn't help him or anything but yeah first time i go to a movie without my wife who's a doctor and someone's choking uh it just figures that that would happen i guess it was a sign that i I should avoid for i don't know Anyway, 
Uh, I thought of that story because it happened, I think, in the scene, because your, your experience with the film kind of, you know, comes at least a little associated with something like that. Yeah. And it was during the scene where they're stealing the Dalmatians, and I was just like, do I care about this scene? No. Is there a dress? No, it's not a dress. And, uh, some, you know, they were like, uh, somebody got water. It's like, I'll go get water. Yeah. I'll that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And then I got back and she had gotten water for somebody else. It was fine. But like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's part yeah. of it. It's just yeah. like, is there a dress on screen? Nope. I, I don't care about this. I, I'm not missing anything. Yeah. I, I guess like I had a, I was kind of shocked. I, I, for me, like the seventies pastiche of like, just sort of the, like kind of like the fashion icon industry element of this, like kind of took me on a ride here. I, I really did enjoy kind of this idea of like, and, and that's not how it is, but a simplified version of like fashion moguls redesign of Cruella. Not that it's always, she's always been fashion and that's like her driving force here. But I did, I did really enjoy this. And also like just kind of like fleshing her out into this two faced nature, which was how she was in the original, but it just more fleshed out and like giving it like she, she is two faced. She does flip on a dime. And I think that's a, I think that's a better construction making the character literally have almost two faces for like these Disney villain readaptations. It makes it her more understandable, but also immediately more likable, but at the same time still preserves kind of the villainous element of the character in question, because a lot of these villain redesigns, in my opinion, steal the fun thing. You're like, like, and I think that's my thing. That's my criticism of Maleficent. Sometimes I was like, you know, I, I, I like, why do we like Maleficent? We like Maleficent because she is a villain. We don't like want to watch Maleficent just be the good guy mm-hmm. and just get like, just like, and, and I, I actually don't think like either of those movies are like really bad i just i just feel like you know like I, I just feel like sometimes like these reimaginings of the villains you make them too understandable sometimes like i think this is like the one that hit it right where it's like she's still like kind of a crazy bitch <laughs> like but i i like that and i i think that's i think that's also that and i think that on top of this they just managed to pull off some just excellent fashion and also just like some really really cool set pieces and also just like yeah it's it, it, and i'm still not sure that the devil wears prada isn't a better movie uh or like and i think that uh yeah like oh, i'm and that's sure. the thing too <laughs> i'm positive about I, that I, I'm not as huge a fan of the Devil Wears Prada as everybody else. I I find it. I don't think that movie's perfect, but I, I, yeah, yeah, I I I may enjoy this movie much more. And I'm not saying that this movie is going for I, clearly this movie is going for less uh, deep thought process on the fashion industry. And I'm not disagreeing with that entirely. But first off, I actually think the fashion on this is preferable to the Devil Wears Prada. I just think that this like this is more fashionable than the Devil Wears Prada. Well, like, but you also up. have to remember that the Devil Wears Prada came out what 15 years ago so yeah of course the fashion's not as up to date is because it came out in the early 2000s that's my biggest question about where the fashion in this film and what i kind of want to read more about is like it's set in the 70s so they can do this production design of this kind of aesthetic 
I guess, is the only reason, really. Well, what year did yeah. 101 Dalmatians came out? Is it accurate to the timeline of the No, book? it's not. Okay. 101 it's, Dalmatians. I think it has nothing yeah. to do with that, and it's more to do with, like, the 70s is kind they of They made right now. a decision to do this. Okay. Yeah, they made, a de- they made a very specific de- decision to do this time period and do it like this. And I'm sorry, like, for me, like, this, it works. And I think that's also just, like, down to, like, the David Bowie character. Like, I think that, I think that element here that's missing from the other two movies that in this comparison here is camp and i think that this one gets camp for me and again i'm not like the fucking arbitrator of camp but i felt like this one got camp so much better than the devil wears prada and the devil wears prada is doing something entirely it's a bad comparison for this movie to be honest but the original because the like we were saying kind of the same screenwriter worked on like the first draft of this eight drafts ago i think is what penn said she has a story credit uh, right, she does, and and it's mostly so they she doesn't sue the shit out of them. That's what I would say. That's a that's a please don't sue us credit. You know what I mean? Like, I still wish they had called this movie "The Devil Wears Pongo." It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. I I I I really like. I I don't know. I really like this movie. I was shocked how much I actually liked this movie. And maybe I was at an advantage that I didn't expect much from this movie because I just don't expect much from the Disney adaptations. Or I haven't because I I do feel like there's more opportunity with the villains to tell a new story. And I think that they've done a better job with the villains because just straight Disney adaptations outside of, I think Jungle Book was the only one that I really liked. I have been incredibly depressed with them. Uh, we liked Jungle Book, Sarah. We gave Jungle Book an eight. Did I give Jungle Book an eight? I believe you gave it a seven. Ooh. I'm not sure, but I, I can look that up. Sorry. Like I, I we, we were very positive about the Jungle Book at the time. We were like, this is the future of cinema. I, I'm sorry. There, there are some episodes that we don't talk about where I'm like, I go back and listen to them and I'm like, God, what were we thinking? <laughs> like, I, like, there are things that happen. I was happen. thinking like, about we, the Jungle Book this morning. I was like, God, that film was a mistake. Guys, there are not 300 plus. Ep- There's going to be a second one. Uh, oh no! Yeah, Jungle Book was hugely time. successful. I mean, like, it was more successful than The Lion King. Yeah, really. Well, but also yeah, the Jungle guys, Book was I, the uh, first time that they had experimented with that more realistic mm-hmm. CGI stuff, and so like it was pretty, I, and I it, saw where they were going with it. But like I'm, the three hundred foot orangutan, just why? I'm I'm wrong. Voiced I'm wrong. by Christopher uh, Walken. No. <laughs> Lion King made more money, but in comparison to their original air dates, Jungle Book was considered a success, and Lion King was considered a failure oh. based on the beloved of the original. Right. So, like, I th- I think they were. I think it's probably considered a failure based on the cast, the like the the pastiche that they were trying to trade in on there. Do you know what I mean? They were trying to trade in on the biggest, one of the biggest top three Disney films, and they did not make the money they wanted to. So it's considered kind of a failure versus jungle book is not in the same vein and when it did bought pretty it did very good so like that's considered a success i none of this shit is fair guys <laughs> like you know what I mean? like, it's just it is what it is it's one of those things like yeah like lion king did gangbusters by anyone's credit but like they i think they thought that it could hold for like seven weeks or something mm. and it just didn't uh this is the whatever um, this is the first disney villain i've never saw maleficent i'm kind of still need to watch it just for my own i education. it's, it's fine i don't think you'll like it no, I'm sure I don't I think won't, you'll like it. Think- it is such a different movie, honestly. Yeah. It is so weird. Maleficent is I I just Maleficent is so fucking weird to me sometimes, honestly. And don't forget there are two of them. Actually, that's true. I have not yeah. seen the second one. 
Second one, weirdly, they just lean into like battle sequences and it's not bad. Like it's like like they have like a lot of like she turns into a phoenix. It's like a whole thing. I don't know. I I don't know. They they got some some high ass quality CG in that second one. And there's like there's like an army of fairy winged people and they have like they have ballista that shoot powder that turns them into dust. It's like a whole that that movie just like leans it. That that movie is like, oh, we made Maleficent. Let's make Maleficent, too. But it's Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's that's what that that's what that second movie is. And I and I'm not going to lie. I had a lot more fun in that one. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll I'll say this for Cruella it shows its cards very early in being for me kind of unintentionally funny uh in terms of just how bad it is for me anyway. I, I wow uh, I just I can't I disagree of, let finish, entirely let me finish uh, right. uh I I know I I do thank this movie for letting me kind of enjoy it I feel like by showing its cards early with you know, in the rewrite of this villain, giving them a quote unquote trauma where her dog, where they just have her mom murdered by Dalmatians. <laughs> I was just like, wow, wow, that's her trauma. Okay. All right. Here we are, movie. All right. Let's do this. She doesn't murder the Dalmatians, though, in the context of this film. They play really close to it and they give her like a lot of mental instability. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, the I, mental I, illness also kind of. I didn't love the kind of, you know, you can do the <sighs> identity thing and you, you, you there you could do it well. <laughs> but this to me kind of, um, I don't know, it, it even reminded me of like the Targaryen. Every Targaryen is born, they flip a coin type thing. Whenever she was wrestling with like, oh, I got it for my mom kind of things. Like, girl, you watch Dalmatians murder your mom. Like, you also have trauma. Like, it's okay. Like, I don't, it, it's just... It, yeah, I, the, having her as a um, as a narcissist, I think, is potentially interesting. Um, you know, the, the true conflict in the film that's the more interesting one is between her and Horace and Jasper. And um, they they really I, I, I think that I, I, I got like a little like, OK, you said we're family. I get I don't know why we keep doing this, but, you know, it, the, the movie's kind of like on that. Uh, front kind of like the Rick and Morty memes like son of a bitch I'm in like you know we're gonna do the heist come on everybody wants us to do another heist so we're gonna do another heist like quit you know being morally conflicted about it for no reason like I I just I I guess like I'm a little bit I I don't know maybe it's like it was me specifically like I don't know Paul Walter Hauser as like as like her sidekick with like Wink the little dog. I loved Wink. Like, like, I, Wink was great. Oh my god! Like I, I I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to. All right, look, you've raised a lot of points, so let, allow me to break them down before you sneer at me, Trevor. Uh, like I, I I'm just like I, <laughs> you made a you a made snare. a face. <laughs> that okay? There we go. All right, whatever. Sure, <laughs> there wasn't like a face earlier. Sure, Trevor, <laughs> you are an expressive man, and we appreciated that about you. Um, look, I I I. I I don't know. I'm not sure that this wants to talk about mental health and that. And I, I, I get where you're like leading in there. I also feel like you're kind of forcing this because they do a good job of making her not mentally crazy. Like she makes choices. She chooses to be people and you can do that and it not be a specter of mental illness. And they do that on purpose to not make it about mental illness. She's just choosing to be different versions of their person. And this is like what she's repressed and different. So I don't, I, I didn't right, have a it's, problem it's, with it. 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't they, mean they, make they make that choice. They make that choice to not make it a mental illness, which I thought was very good because that's not what this movie wants to talk about or what it wants to be. And I thought that like making her make choices is good because this is her and she's just like trying to be a nice person, but she's not. And I think that's the cool thing. And I think I think like you know I think making a sympathetic villain. This is the first of these villain movies that actually managed to do that. I was sympathetic to her, but still at the end, at the end, I was very, very believably thought that she's super capable of both violence and things like right up to the end. I'm sorry. Like I thought, oh man, she just might kill a bitch like that. If this movie goes there, they do like the Disney thing where she gets pulled. Like as soon as I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. When, when her mom fell off the cliff at the beginning, I was like, oh, they're setting it up to do the classic Disney villain murder thing where she can push her off a cliff. And then she goes off the cliff herself. And I was like, I did not see that coming. I, I, I thought it was like genuinely a fun twist on the, on the, the element of it. The worst thing that she does in this movie is not pet her dog enough. That's the worst thing she does. I don't. I don't what? see her as a villain in this movie. You know, I think Disney fundamentally kind of is misunderstanding what we love about Disney villains and that, you know, I, I, I think what's I, so I, deliciously. She, she directly mistreats. Okay. I think what's so deliciously evil about your classic Disney villain is that they kind of exist on the margins of like this really cookie cutter world. And that's why we root for them more. Right. And that that is also part of the reason I think they ended up being coded gay a lot of the time. Right. Like that's that's all kind of goes together. I, you know, <sighs> by making her sympathetic and making her the protagonist of the film and trying to have it both ways, they have Emma Thompson come in and do basically what. I would like to see Emma Stone do. You know, I went. I I know she can't be Glenn Close. I love Glenn Close's version. I I wanted to see Emma Stone do this, but I, I I think by making her the protagonist and setting up like Mom Cruella versus the actual like the Cruella we're rooting for, we kind of lose. Yeah, some of that camp and some of that fun. Uh, and, and, I- yeah, I don't know how you would pack any more camp into this movie, to be frank with you. Also, like, I'm sorry, like the emotional drama between her and her two, like, quote unquote, like kind of pushing them to goons was like actually distressing to me. Oh, like, I, I agree. Thought, I, I, I agree. You, you're, but, but like, that's the point. Like, you're like, oh, nothing bad happens in this movie. That was actually like kind of horrifying. And she jokes and honestly, like sells the jokes about killing the dogs. And I'm like damn like i like they like i that was the best way to do it that, sh- that they without like cause no one's you can't disney can't sell a movie about somebody murdering a dog and then being the hero right like unless like i was expecting them to like it be a, them act maybe accidentally kill the dogs in some context that's how it happened but like you just you just can't do that trevor and i and i guess like i don't know what you want from this honestly like what do you want her to be that like she abuses the people around her and then comes around on it like i i was actually shocked that they went as far as they did. I, I and think I, maybe the movie that's just perspective. The way that she abuses them very like nonchalantly. Very it's it's very cavalier, like the whole time. So <laughs> she's both too bad and not bad enough, Trevor. Yeah, the movie tries to have it both ways. Oh my god. I, I, I don't think it does. I think that it really makes her to some extent really bad. And like I find that to be delectable in terms of like the fact that we're are watching a villains movie. This was the first villains Disney movie that I was like, yeah, I mean, she's still bad. That's like the point. And like, yeah, maybe it's a little bit more soft coated glove and she has a lot of reasoning set up for it. And yeah, she's a little crazy. Like I, I just, it's not that she's crazy. It's just that you, like you, you kind of have that, like she's nothing mental. She's just like, 
very self-obsessed in that. And she deals with the fact that like her mother and everything else, I just find that they do strike her for me personally, struck a really fine balance in there. And I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I had a really good time with it. I was like, I mean, you, you, there is like the element of it. And I think we all agree on that. We liked the fashion at least like there was mm-hmm. a lot of voguing fashion and a lot of camp performance in here that really worked. Um, I personally, the, the dress made out of like bugs. That was, was good. Like, that was great. <laughs> that was like, good. I knew it was something. I, I was like, that. it's something. Is it dog shit that they've painted gold? Like it's when, when Horace brought it in, I was like, there's something up with those beads. I know something's am, up, but the boss was good. I am too. miss. Sorry. I am mystified by Emma Thompson's decision to like play it totally cool and stare into the bugs and then only react when like she sees the dresses are eaten up. Like I, that was another moment where I was like, oh, okay. Um, she's really child. She's just that evil. She's really cool with all this cicadas appearing out of nowhere. She like threw her own child off a cliff, dude, or attempted to. Like, like we've established that like Emma Thompson's care. Emma Thompson does get the in some ways the more fun role in this, to be honest with you. Like she is just like they're doing two sides of Cruella, which I thought was a really well personally it was a I you act like the characters split up and somehow that's a problem for me it was they were getting their cake and having it too that they essentially got the the worst version of Cruella had her be the worst version of Cruella and then had Cruella there and I think that's just like it was two sides of the same coin and it's her mother she's so much worse and it's about explaining that Disney character which I thought was a pretty cool dynamic I'm just saying like I like I thought it was cool that we st- we I I the it like as as much as that bugs you like I feel like everything that bugs you is like me like yeah it's cake and eating it too yeah great all great like let's get it have it it's great yeah the uh that that probably that same dilemma probably uh applies to the way that kind of uses her like as an 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 anarchic force in terms of like her protest fashion or whatever she's doing when it's a means to the end of her to inherit wealth and become the boss lady (laughs) like it's it's like the just epitome of disney Disney's protagonist being someone who uses counterculture to capitalize on it. And it's just so, so the epitome. Are you? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a read, I suppose. Like, Sarah, what do do you think of that? Of of that comment specifically or of the the movie? Yes, ma'am, of the movie. Uh, Well, to be perfect. Like, just give me give me like two minutes to formulate. Okay. Like here, I, I got some thoughts. I need to come back. And that, I, so well, to be perfectly honest, I think I, I generally fall into Trevor's camp on this one. Like, I, I definitely enjoyed the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't super impressed with it. And I think th- th- there's a couple of things I take issue with. But I think the main thing is where it ended wasn't dark enough for where Cruella starts and 101 Dalmatians. Like, yes, she got um, Emma Thompson's character arrested or whatever, and that's fine. But, like, she moves into this house with five dogs and gives away two puppies as presents, presumably not having done anything cruel or, or mistreated the other dogs. So there's a very giant gap of how do you get from... You know, I, I beat the the woman who abandoned me to I'm a maniac who's going to steal hundreds of Dalmatian puppies and slaughter them. Like, I don't see how those two people are the same. 
Well, I got news for you, Sarah. Corella 2 has already been oh, greenlit. Jesus so Christ. there will be an installment between Which, this and whenever <laughs> 101 Dalmatians theoretically yeah, takes well, place. And, and I doubt they'll do it with the same universe in this. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get Corella 2 and maybe a third. But I, I doubt the events of the movie will ever technically take place because they enjoy kind of leaving. I mean, I don't see a reason as to why. Like, as a creator, I don't think there's a reason there for them to take it out of, like, this negative space where they just don't ever have to deal with the actual subject matter of what happened happens like they can just have her exist in this space this reinternalization of her of like a audience specific version of cruella that's like you know because you just you just can't sell puppy murder guys like you just you really just can't sell that like that's that's you just can't have well you can't have i disagree with you because glenn close did sell puppy murder exactly it has it has been done Uh, and glenn close very much portrayed cruella as some level of psychopath. And Do you guys didn't... not remember that movie? Like that, the, the second half of the Cruella movie with Glenn Close is essentially just Home Alone Five. All oh, right, I, like yeah, I, love I know, I, guys. dude. Like, I rewatched that movie like a couple years ago, Jack. Sorry, I, I, actually, I apologize. I. I cut Sarah off. I'm so sorry, oh, Sarah. Sorry. Please. Well, no, I do remember that movie, and I do remember Glenn Close doing the, you know, maniacal laughter, be like, woof, woof, ha, 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 ha. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we only got, like, the crazy laugh from Emma Stone, like, one time when she was riding away on the dump truck, which was cool. Don't get me wrong, but I want, I, I'm with Trevor on this one. Like, I, I wanted to see them go into the darker like mental illness either multiple personality disorder or schizophrenia both of them would be accurate to what they started out with of estella versus cruella both are different manifestations of her personality they're both her to be sure but there does seem to be a rather stark difference between them jasper and horace certainly noticed it I, I am I am 100 percent sure that if they had attempted to do that, it would have been a mess. Like I'm just from like a screenwriting perspective, I was ready to hate this movie because thinking they were going to fuck up mental health like real bad. I think, Sarah. This, like, I, I think this movie is a mess. Yeah, this, that, so I, I disagree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be prescriptive here and try to say what I think the movie should have done this and that to be less offensive right. or whatever. That's not yeah. what I'm trying to say. I just think, yes, that that chord, the having a narcissistic personality in your life you have to deal with is something that struck a chord with me. And I think the movie uses it as kind of a, it just kind of brushes it off. It's, it's potentially the actual conflict of the film. And I think it's, it, it kind of just resolves itself and is kind of a tease. I don't, I don't think there's that. any real change. I don't think there's I, any real I, I development. I disagree. If you want me to, yeah, my disagreement is that ultimately she's, it's about her accepting herself versus everything else. Like, I do think there is an element of like, yeah, some people are just more narcissistic than other words. And there is an element of that of accepting that. And she accepts herself at the end of the film because she's essentially lied and created a persona that she then buries in the context of that. And I think that from my perspective on the subject matter, I think it was like a broader piece about accepting more than about talking about mental health. And they definitely definitely made strong attempts to to make sure that this wasn't specifically about mental health but also preserving what is a character who very specifically her villainy is based on her going crazy like that's that is the Cruella villain and that and the fact that they even preserved anything at all is such a tightrope that I am just amazed by the way that this film is put together now I I'm so I I'd like I'm just gonna say this to you guys I don't what you're asking of it to be darker is something that 
would inherently, in my opinion, would probably have ruined the film and turned it into something too dark for the subject matter or pushed it into a way that is just kind of, I, I just, I, I mean, I understand what you, you can ask whatever you want of a film, but I'm just like the, the impetus that you're putting on it here. I'm just like, from a perspective of like what they were going to do, I don't know how they could do that and it be acceptable like you're talking about mental health and i'm just like that just sounds like a horrible movie to me guys like that just sounds well, like a whole I lot of like, in the original what? film that, you, you know avoiding puppy murder is it dark enough for you <laughs> well that's I, I agree but that's because she makes her into a thing if we're actually going to talk about her as a character she can't just be doing like i don't know like uh what's his face like we can't be doing home alone slapstick you know <laughs> like it's not like trauma <laughs> is mental health jack yeah like i i, I don't I, i'm I, not trying to like, have it would have been perfectly like, reasonable yeah. for her to experience that trauma as a child and have it bring about a mental illness later on in her life because she never got like, therapy to deal with it to some degree right. mental health is just character like we're we're, right. we're no, splitting no, no. hairs here between saying uh, talking about mental health in terms of like is it doing right by mental health in a pc kind of way versus like or being realistic or you know what what is it serving you know what kind of point is it serving in that sphere but you know for me it kind of, kind of comes down to just you know realism just like psychologically and i think that's kind of the task that you set for yourself when you take a really classically camp character and try to give them an origin story and try to explain essentially over the top behavior in a realistic fashion. I think it is a, kind of an impossible task, but I don't want to be a pessimist and say that it can't be done. Uh, I just, uh, I think, yeah, that's. I, I, I definitely think that the element here is that the difference is that the classic Corella is there is like an element of suggestion that the character is like maybe a touch schizophrenic and other elements and they were avoiding that and intentionally attempting to avoid mental health issues that like frankly this show is nothing to talk about right like that's this this they don't need to talk about in my perspective that element of it we still want to be able to embrace villains and people that we think are like maybe like more like you know rebels in that sort sort of context and that's what they were attempting to do and from my perspective they were highly successful in making her a likable person that still walked this line and i'm sorry like some of the family drama in the context of her and i'm sorry like I, the the two stooges in this are fantastic oh I and love i'm them. sorry i just having a big fat guy with a tiny dog run around and just be like actually capable but also likable and also just like you're out of crumpets like i just i don't i he there the range of that character was one of those things where i was just sort of like wow this, this is like the best interpretation of a fat guy in media I've seen in like 10 years. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something personal to me. But like at the same time, I do think that like, you know, when she kind of treats them like shit, like it goes a little dark there. And I was darker than I was actually expecting out of this. I'm sorry, man. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't expect shit out of this. And I was shocked how much I enjoyed like Emma Thompson voguing all over the place. And also I thought that it had a good emotional heart and core. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like defend like maybe some plot shenanigans to get us to point A from point B. Like that's definitely like the, the, like the weakness of the movie is like elements later on when they're like, you know, when they open the vault and like some of the stuff is that, that, but it's all, I think that like from a costume design, from Emma Thompson's acting, from the secondary characterization of the people, I really enjoyed this film. 
I don't think we're going to get any unless anyone else has other things to say. I don't think you and me are going to agree with anything more or sorry, us are, are going to agree with anything more. So I do think we should put scores on this just to you know go ahead and wrap up because <laughs> I just I just very much disagree with both of you. And I appreciate it. I mean, and actually, we're going to put scores on here right now and we may actually be closer than we all think. Or maybe not. You never know. That's what anim- that's what's magical. I almost said anime. Hey. Yeah. That's what's magical about this show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I guess who wants to go first? I'm happy to if you guys want me to be in a vacuum here. Uh, I'll go first. You're the host. Whoever needs to be in the vacuum. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm 8.5 on this. I love this movie quite a bit. I had a great time with it. I watched it at home and I was continuous. I have I don't have a lot of like love of the original. I, I know the history of that, but literally like the fact that Glenn Close and uh, what's her face? Um, the lady playing the lady who from Devil Meryl Wars Prada. Street. Oh, my God. Jesus. The, the fact that Glenn Close and Meryl Streep were not the same person, like literally broke my mm. brain. So I don't have a lot of history with this characterization. I am honestly happy to say that this is like my favorite characterization characterization of Cruella. And I think it is a fun piece. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go next? I have Peter's stuff at the end. Yeah, yeah. I want to read, but please. Continue. Oh, yeah. We can save go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, I give this movie a 6.5. I definitely still recommend it and I enjoyed it, but I think it didn't take it far enough. That's all well and good to just have Cruella be a rebel or whatever, but it's hard to see someone who's just a rebel and someone who doesn't have something like multiple personality disorder or schizophrenia or even just severe narcissism, which is still... uh, disorder um go to murdering puppies which i understand that apparently there's going to be a sequel or whatever and maybe we'll get to that point but uh this this film felt unfinished for me in that regard it she wasn't brought to the level of cruella that we see in the 101 dalmatians um that said, the fashion was great. Um, there were lots of good joke moments and uh, good fashion moments. So uh, 6.5 out of 10. I was six year old when 101 Dalmatians mm-hmm. came out. Jesus Christ. Um, Trevor. Yeah. Um, it really made me want to go back and watch the Glenn Close version yet again. Um more than anything, I think. Um, I, I give it a 5.5. I did, uh, I did I, it was mildly entertaining. Um, I, I do think there's like lots of fun bits in there. I think, um, you know, just having uh, Horace and Jasper and uh, Emma Thompson's Cruella do heists is, is, is a pretty fun premise. Um, we didn't even talk about that. Premise <laughs> in and of itself, all those scenes are, are pretty fun. Um, you know, yeah, it's just uh, I think the uh, you know the actual kind of conceit of it in in terms of how they tried to write it is just um, just comical to me in in terms of like <laughs> if I showed up and like started doing a voice like every other line in like a conversation to friends and and you know and, and it was like if one of our D and D characters carried over into real life and like we all just had to take that seriously. <laughs> like, like, Oh no, you get, you went too deep. Like, I, I think that's, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's absolutely silly to me. Also, why didn't they get an English actress to play Cruella? 
Yeah, she does like what I what I hear every time is the Glenn Close voice, and by making it a thing in universe, that they, she goes back and forth. That's true. It, it makes it, it it's it's really it's really hard to for it to keep landing for me. Yeah, but but um, you are yeah, right. Sounds, if they were basing so it off of Glenn Close's Cruella, then it would make sense to have an American play the role with a fake English accent. Yeah. It's almost it's almost more at this point the identified version of Corella. Like people don't even think of her being as English, honestly, in kind of the camp universe. You think of Corella being like a. I guess she's. Just, I don't well, know. Well, it takes place in London. What, what How is, else I, are you going to conceptualize Corella? I I don't know, but like I was even thinking about it. I can't even imagine what the actual Corella from Hundred One Dalmatians sounds like. I've not seen that movie in. I mean, I've watched, I actually watched like the Glenn Close version just to jog my memory, but I didn't even think about watching the original Actually, funny enough, I finished, I finished Cruella and I immediately <laughs> went and watched the animated one. And I thought about what was it? then going to watch the Glenn Close one, but I decided I'd seen enough spots for one day. So I am, I am yeah. so much more nostalgic for the Glenn Close one than I am for the original Hunter one for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Hunter one's a weird, Anyways. the animated one, it's, it's got a weird energy to it. And it's also like really hand drawn. So it looks really different than a lot of Disney it, it's, movies. It's like weird too, how it's like dogs. Like it's like, I don't know, like I'm Lady and the Tramp, like, I don't know, has like a better energy to it. They're like the same color dogs too. It's like, yeah. they didn't have shit figured out as much as they did at that time. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I grew uh, up yeah, watching I, the I, animated I, one a lot more than the Glenn Close one. So I have more nostalgia for the original yeah uh yeah so i have uh peter's review here to read off real quick and i just i wanted to go ahead and give him the chance to get in here because he couldn't make it tonight but he had a lot to say about this he had a lot of interesting points that i had not even considered or that we have even talked about uh camp the movie is camp it was made for the gays and the she's and the they's so much of this movie is exaggeration and i love it from the costumes serving luke's mama to the set pieces to even the music which was a great blend of iconic 70s music and punk orchestration. I think Emma Stone did a great job at creating a sympathetic Cruella with the journey of her narrative and Emma Thompson was a fantastic in being a cold villain for the film. Their chemistry on screen was so fun to watch, like a fun meeting of queens trying to fight over sorry, like I love Peter so much I'm the wrong person to read this Um, like a fun meeting of queens trying to fight for who gets to be Cher. Major props and praise to the costume designer uh, Jenny Bivon especially and the eyewear designer tom davies they created drag in this film the shit is fucking drag and you can and you can't tell me otherwise i'll be shocked if there aren't any drag queens and kings coming up with inspired looks to unveil sometime later this year after watching this movie which is i think something that we i will thank you peter because i do think that is something that we may have undersold here a little bit but even you said trevor like you were like yeah i'm just waiting for the next costume to come on screen like i i don't think i don't think any of us are like saying like i think costuming was costuming was on Clearly, like 10 out of 10 best for part costume. of this film yeah yeah exactly uh further shout out and support to bavon for his contributions to the film since she was snubbed when it came time for disney to license a cruella inspired fashion line even though she was in talks with disney pre-covid for something like this she was unaware of the line's existence until a friend sent her an ig post this is sadly something that many costume designers face when it comes to taking their creations beyond the movie itself into merchandise here's to hoping designers and the costume designers guild can successfully work towards fair compensation of becoming a regular practice it's a movie about two battling fashion designer for fuck's sake 
I this is I just want Peter to write all of his reviews now. This is right? gorgeous. Uh, compensate your fucking designers. While no film depicting Cruella Deville will ever top Glenn Close entire introduction scene in 1996 as one of her one Dalmatians. I very much enjoyed this and I'm glad that got to uh, that. And I'm glad that I got to to enjoy it. Seven out of ten. I really wanted right. Peter on this motherfucker. I do. I knew he was closer to me. I'm so sorry. I didn't expect to run into you guys. I'm Actually, sorry. technically, I, I Peter and I are only <laughs> half a point apart. I know. I know. It's not. It's one of those things. It's. It's. It I do. I do have uh, a question yeah, though, that is, we didn't talk about. What was the point of the David Bowie character, really? To look like uh, David Bowie and represent represent and. Uh, yeah, I'm not I, sure. I think I think it I think it was about having it was kind of talking about the 70s and fashion design. And it definitely I, I think it, I liked his introduction, to be honest. I did, I didn't, too. Didn't it really just I, I, I wish that he had had more, more. of an yeah, impetus and he just felt like another one of Disney's attempts at, oh, yes, we have a gay character. You'll never see him again. But here he is. That's that's fair. I, I I guess like, yeah, no, I agree. Disney just shits the bed with this always. And it's just one of those things. I, 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 I Star Wars is the one that I will that I just I just like the third Star Wars, mostly because I hate the third Star Wars movie, too. Like There might be an underlying like personal vendetta with that movie. To be that clear, I just you, can't you stand, mean but the, it's always the one the, like episode nine. Oh, right. OK. Like the final episode where like they have the gay kiss that gets cut yeah. in China. And, and also like make like Fenpo not a thing and literally go out of their way to establish relationships for them to confirm they're not gay, which I was that that was I will the thing not too. be satisfied until random- Disney has a queer Disney prince princess or non-binary royalty that I don't know what term would be used for that person. It's, it's a real it's a real fucking problem for them, to be honest mm-hmm. with them. I mean, I just. I mean, even if they just didn't release like made a film and didn't release it in China, what like you don't even have this is not even hard, guys. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I don't know. Uh anyways, yeah. So overarchingly, are you guys okay if I include of course. Peter in the score? Well, sometimes we don't, and I haven't been considerate. And I'm gonna be honest, I want to include Peter's score because he's more on my end of the spectrum. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to feel like overly judgy that I wanted to include that. But yeah, we give it overall. We give Cruella a seven out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I, chef's kiss. I love you, Peter. I really should have just Again, held this shit. I'm only on half here. a point away from Peter. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't have the eye for fashion. No, but, I, that he does. No, but like I, I no, Sarah, no, Sarah, I, I, you're I, only I half a point away from Sarah, Peter. I'm I, like I, a point and a half. So. Sarah, there's nothing wrong with you guys' scores. What I'm saying is the Bavon stuff. I had no oh, idea. True, yeah. And I did a lot of research for this. Yeah. And that's my point. Like I'm not, I'm not like I'm mad because Peter had perspective and great things to say, and I just I didn't hold the cast. I feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? I just didn't realize because I didn't read his review he just sent it to me and i said oh cool oh, and now no. i'm reading it and i'm discovering things and i'm literally googling Bavon, and i'm like we needed to talk about this and i'm like i'm a moron that's what i'm more doing so it's okay. not you guys it's it's me like just being like jesus christ really way to exclude the one person that had more great perspective yes. you know what i mean all right sorry but this has been <laughs> the movie gang podcast we hope you watch more of this uh, <laughs> which i'll like read my dms better how about that you know maybe like maybe move a day for this but anyways oh yeah go check out we give Cruella a 7 out of 10 thank you for listening to the movie game podcast this has been Trevor Flynn bye darlings Sarah Becca thanks for listening
And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Uh, that's the TuscanShed.com where you can check out all other podcasts, including Animania and the Pen and Paper Pod. Now closing up its third season. I am so excited. We're going to have some dead characters. We're going to get to this thing. It's going to be some time travel, all sorts of things. Let's see what happens. It's going to be great. Da, 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 da. Okay, for the Movie Game Podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, uh.